You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Hello, Melbourne, Australia, and today I'm starting something completely, completely different. I'm going to sit on this side of the microphone for a change. I've got hundreds of interviews around the world being interviewed about Twitter and social media, and that's all lots of fun, and they're all in my SoundCloud account. But I'm going to play a different game today. I'm actually starting a brand new podcast called The Global Spotlight, and we're going to be interviewing coaches from around the world about what they do, how they do it how they can help you inspire your coaching journey. And we're we're providing a little bit of family support. We're actually creating a little bit of a community here. And this idea all came around as a result of a very good friend of mine, Anne-Marie Cross, who's just started a brand new site called Coaches Connection Academy. And we're loosely using the phrase, the missing link for coaches, because this is one thing that a lot of coaches say they don't have, a sense of community of helping each other get more clients. We love coaching, but we're not coaching enough. If you want to know anything more about that, go to themissinglinkforcoaches.com, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about how that works over the course of this series, which we're calling the Global Spotlight. But today, today, my very first guest is uh, Shantala Surya. Did I pronounce your name right? Is that how you say it? <laughs> yes, Shantala Surya. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, there it is. And she's from Philadelphia and a mutual friend of quite a few people that I know. And this is actually a very uh, interesting global social media story that you know, typically you meet someone who knows someone else who knows someone else and then you all become buddies. But look, so, uh, Shantala, I want you to jump in and tell me all about what you do as a coach. But basically, the question that most people want to know is, have you always been a coach or what was the catalyst? What was that pivotal moment that turned you from an ordinary citizen into a coach of others? So funny that you ask that. I had, I literally had a meltdown in 2010. Um, I have not always been a coach, actually. Um, I've trained in international relations and foreign policy um, at Drexel University. Yeah, so it was all justice and social social rights and human rights. And uh, I am specialized in conflict resolution on an international level. So I was working for the International Criminal Court in New York City and the uh, United Nations Association in Washington, D.C. as a conference planner, bringing together the leaders of the of some free worlds and some not so free worlds. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That is so and what was the catalyst? What happened? The catalyst was what, what turned, a, yeah. a, a conference that I was planning for. Um, the leaders of the people who are signing the paperwork for the Kyoto Protocols. Um, wow. I was working alone. I had only three free interns, and I was doing a conference for 5,000 alone. Um, and I had this epiphany the night before. It was wonderful where everything got done, but I, I melted down. I literally had a panic attack, and I realized this isn't what I want to do with my life. I I wanted to do social justice and heal the world, but not as an administrative pl- 
planner. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. Not admins. Look, what you've just said there is an amazing uh, insight. That skill is beyond me. Mm-hmm. There's no way in the world I could organise a conference. <laughs> There's no way in the world I would. I just wouldn't. I mean, it's just not my skill set. Yeah. I have a huge desire to be of service to the world, but not in that mm-hmm. way. Don't put me in a room and put papers in front of me. No exactly. way. But uh, so you had an epiphany and you flipped it and said, "Okay, I think I can be of service in a different way." Yes. yes? So I came back. I came back to um, Philadelphia from Washington, D.C., and um, I started attending, like, you know, meetup.com? Mm. I, started, mm. I started a master's program in anthropology at um, uh, University of Pennsylvania to um, work on my coaching, you know, to get the certification and everything, and I started acting classes. And so that's why I have dual careers as a master coach and a, an actress. <laughs> yeah, just in case people don't know, the actual way that I know Chantala is from a program I did with Emily Grace, who lives in LA, but actually is from New York. And we created a program called Actors Tweet, teaching people how to tweet if they act, or how to act when they tweet. So that this uh, this idea of this cross pollination—that you're a you're a coach, you're an actress, you're an you're an all rounder. Absolutely. You know, you're helping the world in so many different Absolutely. ways. But you know, let, let's get an understanding of what you do. I mean, one of the things I love about this series, and I'll be interviewing a lot of different people. I want to understand how people coach, what they coach about, what's their area of expertise, and who's their ideal client. So, if you were to quintessentialize who your ideal client was and how you help them, put yourself in that. Um, that position and let people know how they can contact you and what you do for them. So I call myself a spiritual alchemist, you know, one who um, combines seven forms of energy healing. And one of those forms of energy healing is storytelling. Story, storytelling mm. is a form of healing. When I speak, when I act, when I tell stories, when I sing, you know, my voice, it somehow impacts people. They change. And I've noticed this time and time and again over the past five years, 2015. This is my five-year anniversary as a coach. So um, that's, that's how I realized that the, that the form of coaching that I do as a spiritual alchemist, which combines practical guidance of, you know, life coaching as well as spiritual healing modalities and everything, along with something called the Desire Map Program by Danielle Laporte. I'm an official licensee for her program. Wow. Yeah, so I combine all three of those um, um, modalities, energy work, desire mapping, as well as my personal skills as a guide. And um, mm. that's, what I wor- that's what I do with people. And it's really funny. I'm a trained intuitive. I'm a... Um, as a, as a, as an intuitive, when I say, uh, intuitive, most people think of psychic medium. I'm not a medium where I channel people and figure out the future and all that kind of stuff. I can do that with tarot tarot cards. It's so hard. I say tarot, but it's really tarot, the French pronunciation, um, and everything. But, uh, I, I'm not a channel for the future. I actually, my gifts as an intuitive are past life seer. So when people, Wow. Yeah, when people are talking to me, when whether it's on the phone or in person, and they want change, and they want the magical solution, but they don't believe in magic, and so they're covering up what's really going on, I can see it, mm. so I call them out on their shit. <laughs> 
This is actually really good. I, I love the idea that the word coaching covers so many modalities yeah. because, you know, the the ultimate um, goal is to get some clearance. If you like that, that's probably not a bad clarity, word. Some absolutely. some clarity. You know, some settle some some settling. And and when you think about the job that you were doing at the um, with all those conferences, that's a heavy stress. Okay, there's there's a good result at the end for someone. Uh, lots of people really, but the point is that you were going through an incredible amount of toxicity. That's probably not a bad word for that scenario. <laughs> toxicity to achieve that. So coaching, whatever it is, career coaching, business coaching, spiritual coaching, can get that clarity. And you've got a very unique, very unique way of doing that. The one question I'm going to ask all of my coaches is, do you do that in a one-on-one in -on -one session uh live in person in Philly um, or do you do it via Skype or do you have products that people can buy or do you have a combination? I have a combination. Most of my clients are actually um, um, around the world and uh, we connect um, um, on the phone as well as Skype and um, I do host intensives and workshops in the Philadelphia and New York area. Um, I actually did an Art of Desire. Art of Desire is my signature system. I did an Art of Desire tour in Europe in September. I covered, yeah, wow. I spoke. Um, I gave um, uh, talks in Venice, Florence, Paris, and London. Well, we'll, we'll see if we've we got some photos or some videos from that. We'll put those in the show Perfect. notes. Perfect. Yeah. So, you know, you talked about 2015 and being uh, the, the fifth anniversary of your coaching. Mm -hmm. What? Uh, one question I'm going to ask every one of the people I interview is, if you could go back in time, 5, 10, 20 years, what would you tell your younger self? What, what advice would you give to your newbie self? Laugh. Laugh as much as you can because the whole bloody thing is a joke. <laughs> it's, okay. it's a cosmic okay. joke. Don't, 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 you were taking yourself a little bit too seriously. There was a lot of there was a lot of intense pressure you were putting on yourself back then. Well, intense push pressure I was putting on myself, and also I'm an empath, so I picked up on all the naysayers' angst. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I had this driving desire inside of me for what my sole purpose is, what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to change the world by healing, by coaching, by bringing, guiding people forward into their best version of themselves. And all this, all of this angst came through. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't tell you the days I was curled up in the fetal position on the floor. It was a very love, uh, eat, love, pray moment. <laughs> Yeah, look, I think naysayers in this in this zone, you know, in the, in the world where common sense you know, has a you know particular mm -hmm. meaning, um, a lot of what you, that you're offering is outside of the realm of of acceptance to most so-called sensible people. So you would have had, I'm guessing, your fair share of naysayers. Oh yeah? my God, yes. Yeah. So I'm Indian American. I come from the um, I come from a very ethnic community. And um, and my family is actually Brahmin, so we are, you know, we are traditional. <laughs> we are traditional. So there was a lot of naysayer energy, even just going off to college, studying international relations was a big deal in and of itself. I should have been a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. But, um, 
you know, that was a big battle there. But then when I suddenly told people I'm studying, I'm studying herbalism, I'm studying all these modalities of healing to bring, you know, people to a better state. <laughs> and the first comment that came out of my parents' mouth was, we brought you out of the village to have a great time. <laughs> Why are you going yeah, back yeah, to those like ancient I, I, herbal remedies? Why? <laughs> I think Deepak Chopra had the exact same comment from his parents. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, this is only a very short insight into your wonderful career. But what I really want to do is I want to I pick up on the wisdom of, of the people I interview. What would you recommend people starting out in the coaching space do? What advice would you have for newbie coaches just starting out on their coaching journey? My advice is stay true to you. When you begin on the coaching journeys, most people have it intrinsically. Their wisdom, they know. They like when when you know you're following that path, you know there's a deep sense of I am and you know exactly what that other person needs. But when you're a young newbie coach, a fledgling, you think you have all this to learn, you have all this, you know, um, th- these things to pick up on, and that's just not true. You already have the skill set. You already know what needs to be done as a coach. The only thing you need advice on is simply marketing or business coach or networking, public relations, that type of thing. To expand the social media. Quite literally. It's like it's true. It's the reason why I'm so inspired by this whole program that Anne Marie has put together. I was a career coach for five years. I, I did I you know, I I paid my dues if you like and uh I think the biggest challenge of being a, a coach in the business sense is getting clients. You know, get marketing yourself, getting your, getting the word out there. The coaching part is either something you have or you don't. You're drawn to it and if you're drawn to it you're probably quite good at it. Yeah. And there's skills you can learn and we we've all done our coaching uh you know modalities there. But uh I think you're right. The idea of learning to get be of more service in the world and making a living from that, a reasonable living, is a big challenge for coaches. And that's the, that's the whole point of this coaching spotlight series. We've got one minute to go. Just wrap it up and tell people how they can contact you and how they can get involved in some of your programs. Beautiful. So my website is Magical Mind Shift Moments. And you can email me at mayhem at gmail.com. That's great. Find magic in the mayhem at gmail.com. Yes. And uh, you can call or text. I have a Google voice number. It's 202 677 5558. And you're on Twitter and, and uh, Instagram and. Uh, Pinterest, I'm guessing you're on all of those, or which ones I'm do you on, prefer? Um, uh, I have a Facebook fan page, which I am checking all day long, and that is the Mind Shift Mentor. 